Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. minute before we jump into the word tonight and I want to mention a couple of things to you. First of all, this Friday is our block party and uh, if you have not been here, for those of you in the East Missoula, this is our block party. The, the following Thursday will be the one that will happen in Star Valley. But for those of you in East Missoula, I want to challenge you right now to uh, in front of you, in the seat in front of you, there are these cards and I want to challenge you to grab some of these. You'll be handed some on the way out as well. But we want you to invite some people to come. And uh, if you have families that you know, that maybe you're in your neighborhood, coworkers, relatives, whatever, that A, are in need of just a night where the family can come together and hang out and have some fun, that's going to happen here. But also, we're giving away school supplies as well as letting kids get uh, size for school shoes. And this is just an amazing blessing to the community. So I wanted to mention that to you, but also we need your help. Uh, There's a lot of people that say, oh man, I love that I go to a church, that we give to the community and we participate in the community. But then when we ask you to sign up to help, you don't sign up to help. And so we need your help. This is a big event. It is all of this campus is full of inflatables, food. This room will be full of backpacks with school supplies, as well as a, a space for us to be able to measure kids' feet. And so this is an incredible, incredible way for us to minister to our community. So I want to challenge you right now, if you have not yet signed up to participate with us in the block party, pull out your phone. Don't get distracted with Instagram or anything else. Pull out your phone, go to the ROLMT app, and on there, go to signups and sign up to help us this Friday night. This is going to be an incredible thing. You're going to be so blessed if you come and help. And then, following that, next Saturday and Sunday will be my last weekend before I go on my six-week sabbatical, and then we've got some amazing, amazing Uh, men of God that are going to come and they're going to fill this pulpit while I'm gone. And so I just want to challenge you, let's finish strong this summer. Amen? Amen. It's funny because there's a lot of times I will talk to pastors in this community and they will say, oh, well, once we kind of gear back up, you know, once summer's done, we'll gear back up. And I get it because it's Montana. So lots of people go camping. You look around right now and you see empty seats that you won't see once fall hits. But as a church, I don't know when we geared down. Like, as a staff, we talk about that a lot. We're like, I don't know how it is to gear down because we, the need doesn't end, right? The need doesn't take the summer off. So we have to be going and going and going. And this is one of our big ways that we're able to help, which is through the block party. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you come out, participate with us. If you have kids that are in need of school supplies, bring them out and, and we, will do it. we will hook them up with what they need. And we've been doing this since the church began. And it's just an incredible, we're known in the community for doing this. And so we want to make sure that we do it faithfully and we do it well. And one of the best ways that we can do it well is to have as many hands on deck so that we can make sure that that all the needs are being met. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, if you said amen, then I'm going to assume that you're going to jump on that app and you're going to sign up and you're going to participate with us. Amen? Amen? 
All right, well, let's keep trying it. Uh, well, if you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we've been talking about the getaway. And really where this stemmed from was this idea. The board said, hey, listen, you need to take a, you need to take a step back and take a little bit of a break. And so I began to just kind of research and, and look into this idea a little bit. And, and I originally was going to end this series with uh, a story that seemed natural to me, and that was the story of Jesus when he was uh, starting his ministry and he got away for a while. And, and that was when we find him being tempted and all of those things. But I'm going to do something a little bit different than what I thought I was originally going to do. But first of all, we've, every week we've read Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. It says this, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, Father, we are so grateful for all that you're doing. And Father, we just, we lift up the, the works that you have placed in our hands, the things that you've asked of us. And God, we just pray that this week we will see people who would not normally set foot on this campus or any church, that God will see them come here in need of some hope. And as they do that, God, I pray that it won't be River of Life that's made famous, but that you'll be made famous, that God, you will get the credit, that Lord Jesus, people will see that, that you do see them and you care for them. And Father, we're so grateful for that. And Lord, in all of the different aspects, all of the different things that are going to take place, even throughout this week, as we think about the, the food bank that's gonna happen in our Lee and the food bank that will happen here again, and, and Lord, hands of hope, and all of the different ministries that go out from this place, I pray that God, in every incident, that Lord Jesus, you will be made famous, and we thank you for that. And God, as we look at your word tonight, I just pray that you would speak to us, that you'd illuminate it to us, that you would show us what we need to see. I pray, God, for those who are in Star Valley, that you would speak to them. And those who are in Malawi, God, we just are so grateful for the, the men and women who are participating with us. And Lord, as the jail is about to open back up, God, we are just anticipating, Father, that as your word is brought to, the, to those who are confined, that God, it will bring freedom to them. And we just praise you for that in advance. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So I wanna, I wanna look at something for a moment because continually throughout scripture, we see that Jesus withdrew from people in his daily life activities. And then uh, you know, through the demands of his ministry, he would find space to go and get alone with his father. It says that Jesus uh, would seek solitude and silence uh, in, in all of the gospels it talks about that. His ongoing intimate relationship with the Father was his source of compassion, wisdom, and power. And the thing about Jesus is he knew where his source came from. For us as believers, what we need to realize is that our source isn't, isn't, uh, isn't the, the next book that we read. Our source isn't uh, the next worship song that comes out. Our source is God himself. And so Jesus knew this, and, it, and, and as I was digging into this a little bit, I was actually blown away by the amount of times that Scripture talks about Jesus uh, withdrawing and getting to a place of solitude. And um, it was interesting because I was thinking about that, that source of power, and I was literally sitting down and I was writing this. For those of you who don't know what my schedule is, is that that I'm here during the week, except for on Wednesdays, I work from home. And Wednesdays, I work from home because that is the day that I work on my message. And so I want to just kind of be alone and away from, from the busyness of, of what's going on down here. And so I was sitting at home and I just began to write this and I'd just written about the source of his power and my power in my house whoo, went out. And I was like, 
Now, I was on a laptop, it was fully charged, so I was fine, and it's daylight, so it wasn't a big deal, but I was sitting there and I was thinking, oh, that's kind of interesting that that just happened, and I began to think about the idea of, of the, the source of, God, of Christ's power, that he would find himself continually going and plugging himself in in, this, in these moments of solitude. And what I realized is as I was sitting there and I was writing and I was, I was looking up scripture and doing different things, as I was doing that, all of a sudden in the middle of it, I was like, hey, uh, I need to get up and I need another cup of coffee. And so I got up and, and all of you already know what's going on here, but I wasn't thinking in the moment because I wasn't paying attention to the fact that the power is out. So I got up and I, I literally went all the way over to the coffee maker and I put my cup in there and I put the new thing in and I, and I went, oh wait, this doesn't work when there's no power. And how many of you know that's a really tragic story that I just shared with you right there? Like that's, a, that's a really hard moment in my life and I just wanted to take a moment and share that with you. But it, so I, I was like, oh, that's right. So I went and I sat back down and now I'm like rooting for the power to come back on because I need that coffee to come out of there. But as I was thinking about that, I was, I was realizing, man, there's so many things in our life that, that when we don't take time to plug back in, that, that little things begin to go awry inside of our lives. And oftentimes we don't understand why. And, and I was thinking about this because I know that our friends in Malawi will be, will be participating with us with this and they have a very unstable power grid. So there are many weeks that they will, men, they will, they will write us and say, hey, the power was not on so we were unable to watch the video this week, so we did our best with what we had. And sometimes you'll even see like pictures from Malawi if you follow them on Instagram and they'll be holding a phone up in order to, to watch or to listen or whatever. And so they understand what it is to have instability when it comes to that. But can I tell you, our power grid is stable. God is always stable in your life. He always is there and we can always plug into him. But the reality is for many of us, we don't take the time to do it. We get busy doing everything else. And so I want to take a few minutes tonight because I, I, I think we need to understand this. The priority of Jesus' solitude and silence is everywhere in the Gospels. It's how he began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. It's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry and cared for his soul. It's how he taught his disciples. It's how he prepared for important ministry events. And it's how he prepared for his death on the cross. In all of those things, he took time to go and to get away and to get alone with God. Now, if we're talking about Jesus needing to go and get alone with God, how many of you know you and I need it even more than he does? So I want to read to you some instances that maybe you're unaware of uh, in Scripture. Mark chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, At once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the desert, and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with uh, wild animals and angels attended him. The next verse is in Mark chapter one, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, Luke chapter five, verse 15. And this is despite Jesus's plea that the miracle was kept uh, secret. The news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Luke chapter six, verse 12. Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. 
So throughout scripture, we see that Jesus is continually withdrawing. He's withdrawing to a place where he can be alone with God. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, after Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was still there alone. Matthew chapter 15, verse 29, Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee, and he went up to the mountain and sat down there. And then in John chapter 7, verse 10, after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then Jesus also went up, not publicly, but in private. Now that's a verse that when we read it, we go, okay, so Jesus walked, you know, at a different time than them, not that big of a deal. But what we don't understand is that was a 90-mile walk, which probably took him about five days. So he, he purposefully didn't get, you know, you got a crowd of people that are all like, hey, we're going to this thing. And so you, the, the natural thing would be, yeah, let's all go together, right? Let's, let's go together. We're all going to the same place. But Jesus purposefully withdrew from the crowd and said, I want to spend that five days on my own because I want to spend time with God. I want to spend time in prayer. I want to spend time listening to my father. I want to spend time recharging Mark chapter 10, verse 32. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. So as we look at that particular story, it was Jesus again walking by himself, and that was apparently again about a 22-mile hike. So Jesus would continually find space in a very busy ministry to get alone, to be alone with God. Mark chapter 14, verse 26, when Jesus and his disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and then we see in Luke chapter 22, verse 39, that uh, that was Jesus' usual place to pray when he was in Jerusalem. And then in Mark 14, 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Even we know that, that on that night before he was, as he was being betrayed and, and, and he was going to be arrested, we know that not only did he, he bring the disciples to one place, then he brought the three in deeper, but then he went even deeper to be by himself with God. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because Jesus' intimacy with his father was needed to have peace and power in all that he did. For many of us, as we walk out our Christian faith, many times we can get to this place where we almost feel like we're on the verge of, of maybe it even feels like burnout or we feel like oh, we're about to give up. It's too much, it's too hard, it's a struggle, and it's really difficult for us. And, and I get that because it's very easy for us to come to that place, but as we look at Jesus and he is our example, Jesus would continually find space. He would find a place where he could go and be alone. He would, he would make a time that he could go and be with God. But for many of us, we are so busy doing all kinds, of, and some of us are doing really good stuff. And we, God told me, God called me, I'm doing the things he's asked me to do, all of those things, which is great. But how many of you know what you're doing is not more important than what Jesus was doing? Right? So, so if you say, well, I just don't have time, then what you're saying is what I'm doing is more important than what Jesus did. Because Jesus has this incredible ministry, but yet throughout scripture, we see that he always made time. He always found space. He always would find that, that reason to get away so that, so that he could be with his dad, so that he could hear God's voice, so that, so that he could commune with his father. 
And for many of us, sometimes we can get so busy doing our Christian walk that we forget that it's, it's not about this if it's not about this. Like this is the important part. And it's through this that we get powered up and we get strength and we get, we get what we need so that we can pour out. But for many of us, I watch as people who get into ministry and, and they, they're just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And what's pouring into you? Where are you receiving from? We have to leave space so that we can receive. In John chapter 15, verse four, it says, abide in me and I in you. And the practice of solitude and silence is important that we can implement Jesus' promise that he would that abide in me and I'll abide in the Father. And, and with that, you'll bear much fruit, the Bible says. So for many of us, maybe you feel dry and you feel like, man, I, I just don't feel like I, I once did when I was walking out my faith journey. Maybe you're in a space right now where you feel like, man, I remember when I was excited and I love to hear as we're singing some of these songs and, and we get kind of excited about it and you hear people screaming and hooting and hollering in the room and that's really great. But maybe you're in the room and you're like, I don't really feel that. I, I, I feel dry. I feel a little desolate right now. Can I just tell you that, that as we look at the scripture, it says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. In other words, make some space to be with me. See, you can know all about him. That's fine. But do you know him? Like, do you leave space to be with him? It's relational. And if Jesus needs to do it, how much more do I need to do it? See, the key to bearing fruit is to abide in him. And so how do we do that? We do it purposefully. We do it on purpose. We make a plan. So for many of us, we can go, yeah, that sounds good. I should totally do that. But then the week will go by this week and you won't have changed anything. Your calendar will look the same. Your schedule is full. So you, I'll try and squeeze that in in between some of the other stuff that I've got going on. But Jesus, always, he, at times he's doing ministry. He's doing what he's supposed to be. He's out there and he's, he's showing God. He is, he's being God to the people. He's healing them and he's stepping into their stories and he's, and he's fixing things. But then throughout scripture, we see that in the middle of some of those stories, he withdrew from the crowd and went to recharge. He went to, he went to find space. He went to be reminded. Whatever, whatever was going on with him in those moments, it was that space where he's like, I just need some time with my dad. Yeah. Luke chapter 15, verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now, what, what's interesting about this is if you read that in context, there's, there's stories right before this of him healing and doing all kinds of things, and there's stories right after that of him doing the same thing. And so oftentimes, if we were to read that story, we would just kind of skim over that little sentence and not think much about it. But I think it's in that sentence that we find power, I believe that this overlooked verse sandwiched between healing miracles and large crowds speaks super loudly to us. To be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you can feel the enormous presence of God watching miracles before your eyes and navigate still this small voice inviting you to a private meeting with God. See, we get so busy doing what we're doing and the good stuff that we're doing too, we get busy doing it and we miss out on that still small voice that's saying, I miss you. I see what you're doing, but I miss being with you. 
man, it's amazing to me that God loves us that much that he actually wants intimate relationship with you. Do you know that? Like he sees you and he's proud of you and he loves you and he wants to be with you. But so many times we can just get, we're, we're so busy, we got so much going on, and, and yet Jesus in this moment, he chose fellowshipping with the Spirit over the crowds and the popularity. He has all the things, everything seems like it's going well, it is going well, because he's Jesus, and he kind of knows what he's doing. But it's all happening the way that it should, but in the middle of that, we see this verse where he said he, he withdrew for a little bit. He went back because he wanted to spend some time with his dad. How often are we doing that? I mean, for many of us, I think our, our, our time with God is like, if we have it, it's regimented. It's this like, oh, crud, I better do my devotions. Oh, the Bible app says I better read this, so I read it. And then we move on with everything else. But when was the last time we just got quiet with God? Now, the last few weekends, I've challenged you, and at the end of each of the gatherings, we've spent some time just saying, hey, I want you to just spend some time listening. But... For many of us, what we need to understand is, is God wants this continually, and, as, and that's why I wanted you to hear all of those scriptures, and I skipped a bunch of them. I had way more of them than that, but I actually, even while I was sitting over there, I deleted a few more because I was like, okay, I can't be reading that all night, but what you need to understand is there's tons of them where Jesus withdrew, where Jesus went on his own, where Jesus went by himself. Why? Because it's so important. So he models it for us so that we'll see it because if we'll see it, then all of a sudden it may, maybe will change the way that we do our faith journey. Jesus had a choice after all. He was fully God. He didn't need to withdraw in prayer for spiritual fuel, but I'm pretty sure that he heard his father inviting him to some private time and he chose fellowshipping with the spirit. Even the savior of mankind needed to get away to recharge, to connect with his father, to unplug from everything else and to plug into what God had for him. For many of us, we don't plug in and then we wonder why we walk around in the dark. You struggle, you, you, you feel like, man, I feel like I don't know where God is, I don't know. But when was the last time you plugged in? When was the last time you spent time with him? When was the last time you... You went for a walk purposefully, not to listen to whatever you wanted to listen to here, but you didn't even put your earbuds in. You kept them in your pocket and you just walked and said, God, I want you to talk to me while I'm walking. Yeah. When was the last hike you went on that you weren't bombarded with all kinds of other stuff, but instead you just said, God, this is for you and me. This is our time and I want to hear from you. Because here's the thing, the God of the universe wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you, but for many of you, you're not listening. We've talked about this two weeks ago because I think many of us, we get so wrapped up in our own stuff that we aren't paying attention to what he has for us. But we see throughout the majority of the times that we, uh, that in scripture that Jesus pulls away, it's because he's, some of it is to rest, it says, but some of it is, most of the time, it's just to hear and to talk to God. So we need to make space for that as well. We need to make space to rest. We need to make space for rejuvenation. We need to make space so that we can refuel I don't know about you, but for me, there are many times that I'll be driving my car, and as I'm driving my car, I'll be on my way home, at maybe from a meet, meeting in the evening or whatever, and while I'm driving home, that dumb little light comes on that says I need gas. Now, for some of you, as soon as that comes on, it makes you get a little nervous, so you have to like find a gas station immediately and stop. 
But for those of us who know that you still have another 32 miles, I go, man, I don't want to stop tonight. We'll do that in the morning. That's what's getting to come on? All right. Thanks, Lester. Um, but for, for many of us, we go, oh, man, I don't want to do that tonight. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go home. So I'm going to, I'm, going to get, I'm, going to, I'm going to get to my house, and tomorrow morning, I'll stop, and I'll get gas, right? And so you drive all the way to your house. You get parked, and, and then you go to bed, and you don't think about it. And then the next morning, you wake up a little bit late, and you forget that you needed to get gas, and so you leave, and all of a sudden, you're going to be late to the appointment that you have in the morning, and you get in the car, and darn it, that light's on, and I forgot about it, but I really don't have time right now to stop and get gas, so I'm going to just go to the church if it's me, I'm going to go to the church. I'm going to have my meeting. But as soon as like in the afternoon, when I go to my other appointment that I have, I'll stop and get gas. I'll leave myself a little extra time so that I can do that. And, and then I'll do it. Right. And I don't know if you're like me, cause sometimes this happens to me and I'll do that. And then I'll get to the church and I'll forget. And then it's time to go to my next appointment and I get in the car and doggone it. That light did not turn off automatically. I don't know why it doesn't do that. And so now I'm in this quandary, like how much it says I've got seven miles left. And I'm trying to think that Starbucks that I'm having that meeting at is that far away. I think I can make it, but will I have time after that? You know what I mean? And you're just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Anybody in the room can, can understand what I'm talking about right now. Most of you are way better than me. All right. I get it. I get it. That's fine. But we push it because we're like, well, I think, I think I'll be fine. I'll think I'll be okay. Many of you are living your life that way though right now. You're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And I'll make time at some point. I'll get with God at some, at some, uh, some point in my life or, or maybe tomorrow or, or, or whatever. And you're just constantly just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And I'm telling you that as I was studying this, the importance of the withdrawal is so important. The importance of the, of the refuel, it's so important that we've got to get to a place where our mental and spiritual health requires rest and refocus. On a weekly basis, our spirit benefits from things like church and corporate worship. Those are important. Those also refuel us. That's why we push it. That's why we say, we want you here. Listen, I get it. It's summer in Montana, and I was talking to somebody before church, and they said, they said, man, Montana's hard because you've got, basically, you've got a couple seasons. You've got winter, and then you've got smoke, and that's like your two seasons that you got with a couple weeks in between where it's like actual sun without having to wear, you know, oxygen masks outside. And so I get it. We have this short little period of time. And so everybody wants to go camping and they, they got to do all those things. And I don't, I don't begrudge any of you that. Do it. Enjoy it. Re rest. Relax. But while you're, while you're here, be here. While you're in town, come to church. Refuel. Refresh. All of those things. It's super important. But we, so we, we need both corporate rejuvenation and we need private rejuvenation. We need to refocus our spirit. When we come for the Sabbath, the, the Bible says don't neglect the coming together. Don't, don't, don't stop doing that. It's important. That's why COVID was so hard for church because we, we've gotten to this place where, where it's, it, it became like, I, I talk to people still all the time that I'll go, hey, I've missed seeing you. Yeah, we kind of like watching online now. We like watching church in our pajamas on Sunday morning. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not the point. That's not the purpose. 
We did that for a season because we had to, but now we don't have to and we need you to come and, and be with us because there is something powerful about that, that coming together and rejuvenating, but there's also something powerful about private rejuvenation, about going and spending time away and alone with God. We need to take time to focus on God instead of all of our problems. See, worship puts everything into perspective. It shrinks your problems. It reminds you that God is still on the throne and that he'll th help you through whatever it is you're facing. Suddenly that problem that you're stressed over all week long won't seem nearly as big any anymore. That's why it's important that we worship together. It's important that we hear God's word together. Those are all important things. It's also important that you go and you spend some alone time and listen. I think this is one of the hardest things for, for people in Western culture to do because we've got so many other things to do. We, we put in our earbuds, we've got preachers in our ear, we've got worship music in our ear, and those are all good things. But at what point do we let God be in our ear? Unplug, find space. For some of you, it's a hike. Some of you, it's a walk in your neighborhood. For some of you, it's a space in your house that you maybe need to designate and say, you know what? In the morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, maybe you'll get, go get your cup of coffee first. That's fine. But you get your cup of coffee and you go and you find a chair where you're just looking out the window or you, you have a space where there's no TV on and there's no electronics next to you and you can just sit and you can just have some space with God. See why? It's purposeful. It's saying, God, you are important to me, so I'm gonna make space for you. If you have any relationship in your life, guess what? People want, want space with you. You can't have a friendship that you never talk to the person. You can't have a relationship with somebody that you say is important to you, but every time that they try and get your attention, you don't listen to them. That relationship won't last. So with God, we've got to say, I'm going to make time. I'm going to be specific. I'm going to do it on purpose. I'm telling you right now, I, I believe that we are stepping into a time that is going to get harder and harder and harder, and the church needs to be more ready than ever before. Earlier in this message, I said how Jesus would deal with different things in his life. When he was stressed, he would get alone with God. When he was grieving, he would get alone with God. When he felt depleted, he got alone with God. For many of you, one of those things or all of those things may apply to you today. And I'm just encouraging you right now that many times when we feel depleted, we, we, we turn to what the world says we should do. Or when we feel like we're grieving, maybe, you're, maybe you've walked through something, you've lost a loved one, or you've lost a friendship, or whatever it is, and you're grieving it, and so you're going to self-help, and you're trying to figure out all this stuff, and I'm telling you, Jesus showed us what to do in those situations. He modeled it. It's not even a question anymore, because he said, when this is going on, this is what you do. His friend, his friend gets beheaded, and he, he needs to grieve, so what does he do? He goes and he gets alone with God. For many of you, you need to understand that God's already given you the answer, but we're, we're fighting to try and figure things out instead of just saying, God, I don't know what to do in this situation, but I just want to sit with you because I know you love me and I know that you'll speak to me and I know that you'll show me and I know that you can even heal me if I'm, if I'm broken inside. Yeah. 
He's so good and he loves you so much. But in order for us to experience that, we've got to get to this place where we begin to understand the importance of being alone with him. As I was putting this message together, I had a few different ideas of how we were going to wrap this up this evening. And I know that over the last few weekends, I've given you the opportunity to come and to just spend some time uh, at the altar or to spend some time where you are to just say, because I want us to practice what we're talking about. It's one thing to say, oh, it's important for us to stop and to, and, to, and to give some space so that we can hear God speak, but it's another thing for me to give you that space. So this week, I, I was wrestling with some different ideas of how we could do that this weekend. And I was talking to Pastor Seth yesterday, and as we were talking about it, he just said, you know, I think it'd be great if we, if we gave people an assignment. And that assignment is for you to find space this week to get alone with God. So I can say that and you can all nod and say yes and then go on about your day-to-day life. And many of you will forget and not do it. So I'm gonna ask the worship team to come and they're gonna, they're gonna lead us in a little bit of worship as we wrap this up. But as they're doing that, I'm gonna ask you to do something that I would not normally ever ask you to do and that is I'm gonna ask you, if you are somebody who keeps your calendar on your phone or if you have a calendar in your purse that you normally use, whatever that looks like for you, I'm gonna ask you to pull your calendar out in the next few moments and I want you to schedule some time. Don't get wrapped up in your other stuff but I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to schedule some time. I want you to look and find a space where you can say, from this time to this time, I'm going for a walk and this is the time that I'm gonna spend with God. If you can do it every day of the week, I would challenge you to do that but if you don't normally do this, I want you to just start even with one time this week where you can say, I'm gonna be purposeful in this. I'm gonna set this aside. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna spend time with him. I'm I'm gonna withdraw from my life for a little bit, for just a few moments, for an hour, for a half an hour, whatever that looks like, but I'm gonna do it on purpose because I want God to speak to me. I want his healing, I wanna recharge, I wanna feel him, I wanna experience him again. Some of you, you're grieving. You, you've got grief going on right now in your life. You're struggling because your child is away from God. You're, 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 you have a friendship that you had for a long time and it's broken up and, and you don't know what to do with that. Or maybe you've actually lost somebody who's passed away and you're grieving it right now. And Jesus showed us that when that happens, he stepped away. He went and he got with God and he allowed God to minister to him. For some of you, you feel, you feel discouraged or you feel depleted. You feel like, man, I'm burning the candles at both ends and I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna make it much longer. And if that's you, then, then get alone with God and allow him to speak into you. He is your source. He is your strength. He has what you need. No matter where you find yourself today and, and as Pastor Seth said earlier, maybe everything's going good for you right now. Even when things were good for Jesus, he still got alone. He, got, he still withdrew. He still found space to be alone with God. I just feel like we're in a season right now in a space where, where so many of us are, are on the verge of being depleted. And it's time for us to lean into what the actual power source is. So tonight we're gonna just spend a little bit of time in worship and I'm gonna pray over you, but I am gonna encourage you that if if you've made that appointment with him, then even tonight we just spend a little bit of time listening.
allowing God to speak to you. He loves you. He's talking. He's asking you to listen. You close your eyes with me for a few moments. Father, we thank you so much that you love us right where we are. God, I thank you that you have plans and dreams and desires for us. Thank you, God, that when we feel like we're at the end of us, that, God, you are there, that you are always willing and able and ready to recharge us, to bring life to us. So, God, I just pray that we will be a people who are faithful, that, God, we will trust you, that we will believe you, that we will lean into you. God, help us to withdraw from life to get with you not just on Saturday nights or Sunday mornings but Lord help it to be a regular thing Father we're so grateful that you love us so much that you see us right where we are and that you will wrap your arms around us so God I pray that tonight for those in this space that we would come to a place where we would just trust you all that we are in Jesus name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? The altars are open if you want to spend a little bit of time. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.